0: You're listening to Fit Girl, your guide to getting in shape, the podcast dedicated to helping you separate fact from fiction in fitness. For more details about this podcast and other episodes, visit fitgirlpodcast.com. This is podcast episode number 268. In this episode, how is this year going to be different? The diet cycle and how it affects not only your body, but also your motivation and forgotten body parts that boost your metabolism for weight loss. Well, Happy New Year, and you know, we always start out the new year with some great expectations, and sometimes they fall through, and sometimes they fall away. So this year, are your New Year's resolutions the same? Are they the same every single year, and you tend to peter out of them by a month or two? Well, if so, how is this year going to be different? The first step in making this year different is to take a look at what you did last year and if it was successful or not and learn from any mistakes that you could have made or revise what you were doing because maybe it just wasn't as efficient as you thought at the time. So looking at your starting point, then you can make a plan for the new year and maybe not be super ambitious like too many people are wanting to lose all their holiday weight or 10, 20 pounds in two months And realizing that, you know, although it's doable, it's definitely not realistic for most people. Now, the other point is that if you keep doing the same things over and over again, that's not a good thing. That means they've become habits and they're not good habits if you're not reaching your goals. So you might have to really take a look and say, do you need some help? Do you need some accountability? Do you need some guidance? Do you need a plan? Um, Are you going into the gym and just kind of doing whatever? Are you gravitating towards the machines or the cardio or the classes that you like the most? um, And therefore, they might just be a little bit too easy for you. Are there some other options that you can use to kick it up a notch and challenge yourself? Is your eating just either out of control or just not good? Or is it just kind of a holiday thing? And if so, make one or two little changes. Don't try to totally redo your whole diet in one day. It's not good for you mentally. It's not good for you physically either. So little steps at this time, even though we want to make this whole major change, we can't make it overnight. So those little stepping stones is what I call them to help you create some new habits. Now, I recently did a video about the diet cycle, and I'm going to post that um, on the YouTube channel, Get Fit TV, but it's also part of a 28-day makeover program that I hope to be releasing the, um, well, the end of this month. I was hoping it was going to be January 1st, of course, but... You know, nothing ever goes as scheduled. But I'm going to talk about that today so you kind of get a jump start on that because most people coming out of the new year will do some sort of diet. And this diet cycle is what really messes up your body and your metabolism. And then of course, it's going to affect you mentally because you really can't succeed with diets. You have to have a healthy lifestyle of eating and not everything's going to be perfect, but being restrictive is always going to be counterproductive. So we're going to go ahead and talk about that right now and what it does to you. Basically what the diet cycle is, is your body goes on a diet. It's restricted. It starts to hold on to your body fat because it deems body fat as essential essential for life, your body doesn't see muscle as essential. Unfortunately, your body and you are not the same mindset. Okay, I talk to my clients about this all the time, because what you want and what your body wants are not always the same thing. And that's what makes things very frustrating, especially when it comes to getting in shape. So first off, knowing that your body when it thinks it's starving, and it doesn't have to be hunger pangs, it just means that it's not getting the right amount of calories or nutrients or the frequency of foods that it really needs. That's when it's going to think it's starving. And when it's starving, it's going to hold on to your body fat because it can burn body fat slower. And that way it can sustain energy and life for longer. And that's what your body wants. It doesn't want to be lean. It doesn't want to be muscular. It just wants to survive. So that's what it's going to do. The the best thing that it can, which is hang on to that fat storage. So what we have to do in trying to get lean and muscular and in shape is we have to trick it into letting go of the fat. And there's a lot of ways to do that. We'll get to that in a little bit. But basically, we have to trick it to think that it's not in this whole starvation mode. And that's where the diets get you in trouble. A lot of times, people will cut out either major food groups or they'll cut out meals um, or they'll cut out something that's actually essential. And any one of those things can impact your body and make it think that it is starving. And again, nothing to do with whether you feel hungry or not. So that's definitely not a good indicator of whether you need food. Your body needs food on a regular basis, just like a car needs fuel on a regular basis. Same thing with your body. If you don't give it the right fuel, and if you don't give it enough fuel, or if it runs out of fuel, it's going to be pooped. It's going to be dead. It's not going to function properly. Now, unfortunately, we can have all those situations and our bodies will still function properly. They're not going to just you know, stop by the side of the road like a car would, but it won't function the way you want it to function. That means it's not going to be burning fat. You might not be as mentally aware. Um, there's going to be things happening that you might not notice right in the beginning, but it'll all pile up on you. So that's why it's important to start recognizing these things and doing something about it. And the biggest thing I see as far as mistakes go with people is not eating and thinking that's the solution to losing weight. And that's completely wrong. It's not not eating. It might be eating less, but you still have to eat frequently because your body needs those frequent feedings. That is one of the ways we can trick it into thinking it's not starving. So by giving it smaller portions more frequently, your body begins to expect food. It begins to understand, hey, this is a schedule. And that's also why scheduling your meals is a very important aspect of getting in shape or staying in shape, scheduling them on a regular time period. So your body comes to expect it. It knows it's going to get food. It says, okay, I'm on the schedule. I don't need the fat. I'm going to use this energy that you're giving it. And that is what your food is. It is energy. So your body is going to use that and it's not going to worry about the fat as much. So the first thing in helping your body let go of fat is to feed it frequently and on a schedule. Then it's also to feed it the right foods. So there's a big difference in how your body metabolizes natural things like proteins and carbs versus processed things that might be higher in salt or fats, um, healthy foods versus non-healthy foods. You know, we're not going to go through all the different types of, of everything, but you know, you kind of get that general idea. So yes, there's a big difference between feeding your body M&Ms every three hours versus feeding your body some chicken and potato every three hours, right? So there's also the aspect of looking at how your body is going to metabolize what you're putting in it. So understanding that whole starvation mode and thing, we're going to go back to the diet cycle. And when you your body starts that diet cycle, it thinks it's being restricted, it thinks it's starving, it's going to hold on to your fat. And eventually what you see is weight loss on the scale. And this is another reason why we say don't look at the scale, because it's not a true measure. Your scale is going to show weight loss, but it's not showing fat loss. Your inches And body composition will show fat loss. And that's what you want. You just don't want weight loss. Because weight loss can be in the form of muscle. And that's usually what will happen first. Your body will let go of the muscle, especially if you're doing a severe diet or very restrictive diet. And sure, you'll be happy. You'll see something on the scale. But you're not going to see a huge difference in your clothes. And then what happens is as soon as you start to eat something that's not on the diet, or you stop the diet or you go off the diet then your body gains weight easily and then you say oh no I have to go back on the diet and then you go back on the diet and the same cycle keeps happening over and over again and although there are a multitude of reasons why this happens two of the main ones is because your body is all messed up with that starvation mode and it's holding on to fat and The reduction in your weight has come from muscle, which is more metabolically active, and therefore your metabolism is actually slowed down. And for most people, that's what happens. They lose muscle, the metabolism slows down, it makes it very easy to gain weight. And that's another reason why you don't want to do diets. You don't want to lose muscle. Muscle is what's going to keep your metabolism up all day long, even when you're just sitting on the couch. And that's why it is so important to keep muscle for as much as you can and to create muscle, not necessarily big bulky muscles, but just Muscle tissue, which to the eye, obviously you're not going to see as drastic as you would the fat gain, because muscle does take up less space. So that's why you're actually going to be smaller. So when you stop and think about it, um, part of the psychology is thinking: Would you rather weigh a certain number, or would you rather have the inches, or the the dress size, or the pant size, or the look that you want? I mean, if you were 2% body fat and 150 pounds, would you be okay with that? Or would you rather be 140 pounds with 20% body fat? So the scale is not really important. It's, it's how you look. It's what your body composition is. And with this diet cycle that pretty much everybody goes through until they finally either learn or they listen, this diet cycle is really just setting you up for continued failure, and the only way to do it is to look and see what you can do differently. And that's kind of like our theme today for the podcast is how is this year going to be different? Have you done diets in the past that have messed you up? Have you fallen into this diet cycle and totally messed up your body composition and therefore your metabolism? Well, if that's true, then how is this year going to be different? Can you eat your meals on a schedule, or I should say feedings is kind of what we call them because we deem it as like breakfast snack, lunch snack, dinner snack. So just that regular interval of some sort of substance into your body so that it doesn't think it's starving. And then that's tricking it into letting go of the fat and it's speeding up your metabolism and keeping your muscle, which is going to make things a lot easier in the long run. So the first thing to look at would be your nutrition. You know, are you... Eating healthy, are you eating on a regular schedule? Are you eating the right foods? I mean, you can get very particular, and sometimes you have to when it comes down to like maybe the last five or 10 pounds, or if you're doing a competition. But in general, if you're looking just to to lose some of that weight that you've been frustrated with, just that little aspect, that little change of eating on a schedule on a regular basis, regular feedings, is going to make your body change. The problem is that. We tend to think that if we're hungry, that's when we should eat. And no, you should eat when you're supposed to eat on a schedule. Okay, once you get those hunger pangs, your body is already starving. And that means it's going to be using muscle and holding on to fat. So you don't want to get to that stage. You know, it's interesting because everybody's always looking for the perfect workout. um, What type of training method is new? And it's, you know what, the real change is going to come when you get your eating straightened out. And not again, not restrictive because you can have things like salad dressings or whatever. You just want to look at the amount that you're having and you want to kind of balance things out. You don't want to just have all of one type of food. You want to have a little bit of protein, a little bit of carbs, a little bit of fats with each of your meal or at least as you know, steadily as possible. And you should actually have more time spent planning your meals and planning your foods and your snacks than pretty much anything else. And that's because it's not like going to the gym where you're just in one place and you can pick and choose. You have to schedule, are you going to be away from home? Are you going to be at work? Are you going to be here, there? Where are you going? What can you take with you? Can it be balanced? Is it going to be a meal? Is it going to be a snack? I mean, there's a lot of thought that goes into it, but That is what makes or breaks your body as far as your metabolism and ultimately the results you get. Now, the other aspect of the diet cycle, besides messing up your metabolism and losing muscle, is just that whole psychological aspect where you are up and down and up and down and you get frustrated because obviously the cycle is going to keep repeating itself. And until now, you may not have known why, but now you know why. So now you're going to break that cycle. And you're gonna stop the dieting and it's going to force you to create some new habits which are good and that's what's going to set you free from that whole diet cycle but you can probably now understand even better how it messes with your head and how you're constantly looking for the scale to change and maybe it does maybe it doesn't but even if it does it still doesn't give you the result you want and I know that habits are hard to change. they are things that are frequented in our minds over and over. But the only way to do that is to start saying them out loud or writing them down. That's two methods that actually have worked for changing thought processes. So start doing that right now. Whether it's a mantra of, I eat every three or four hours, or I eat every four to five hours, um, or I eat throughout the day to keep my metabolism high, there's a bunch of different ways that you can say it to yourself. But remember, with these mantras, you want them to be a positive, present tense statement. And if you're not used to that, it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's going to sink in, and that's going to help you create these new habits. So I guess that's item number two on how this year is going to be different. The first one is breaking the diet cycle. And the second one is creating the mantra to repeat to help you instill new healthy habits. And just a quick reminder, if you like the visual version of that, um, go to Get Fit TV on YouTube and make sure you like the channel while you're there and watch the diet cycle video. Now, since we are all about boosting the metabolism, and we'll kind of guess that maybe you didn't have enough time to get your workouts in during the holidays, then we're going to talk about what body parts are best for boosting the metabolism. Wow, that's some alliteration right there. Um, <laughs> anyways, you Your body parts that are going to boost metabolism are ones that a lot of times people completely forget to train because they don't see them. I I know that sounds silly, but when you think about it, your back and your hamstrings. Now, of course, women are all into training glutes, but a lot of times they do stupid exercises like leg lifts or um, was it donkey whatever kicks uh, that really aren't going to get the muscles. In the shape they want uh, there's a big trend now of doing the hip thrusts and again it's not necessarily the best action for that particular muscle so the things to focus on to really boost the metabolism are training your back and training it with a s- decent amount of weight it should be something that's heavy you're looking for six to eight reps at the most Training your back for 10, 12, or 15 reps is just not going to work. It's not going to boost your metabolism. It's not going to get it much stronger. It's just kind of, I hate to say, a waste of time. Now, the one thing that people have issues with when training back is they use their biceps and shoulders instead of the back. So the one thing you're going to focus on is actually pulling from your shoulder blades because that is your back. It's not grabbing and tightening with the arms and pulling back. It's initiating that movement with the shoulder blades. So what I usually suggest with new clients is focusing on that, working on that without anything in their hands, just sticking the arms straight out and pulling the shoulder blades together and just getting used to how that feels. Kind of like you're you're wrapping your uh, shoulder blades around your, your spine. Um Different ways to think about it, but until you start to get that feeling, it's not going to be easy for you to train your back effectively. So, once you do get that feeling, then you want to keep it nice and tight so that you are also using your back to resist the weight. Don't just let it go, don't just let it pull you, don't overextend to where you've got too much stretch. Keep the tension in that. Back muscle or those back muscles because there's a whole lot of them. And yes, there's a lot of different grip widths, and you can go prone, supine. There's all these different grips you can have too. So, there's certainly a huge variety in the type of exercises you can do for your back training. So, the main thing is to make sure that you're pretty much doing as many sets for your back training as you do for your legs. And if you're a guy, I probably would say as many as you're doing for your chest and biceps. And think of your back training along the lines of legs just because it is a complex body part and it's a very large one. And think of it in terms of at least three exercises for three different areas. For example, a pull-down or a uh, pull-up, some sort of row where you're hitting a lot more along the inside of the back and the spine, and then some secondary Motion. And obviously, like we just said, there's a lot of different choices. So make sure you're getting enough sets. Make sure the sets are heavy because your back is a more explosive muscle part. So you want to shoot for that six, maybe even five or six to eight repetitions at the most. And focus on the form and the feel. Because if you don't feel it in your back, and if your back doesn't feel a little bit of something the next day, it doesn't have to be rip-roaring sore, but you should feel like you did something, um, then you're probably pulling too much with your arms. And you'll probably know that too when you're working out, if all you do is feel it in the arms. Uh, The biggest thing that's difficult to teach people is that when you're training your back, you're going to be able to do repetitions past The failure of your back just because your arms are helping. So learning to recognize when you're doing a set and when you really can't pull any more with the back, then you just stop because then you're using the arms and creating bad habits. And we don't want that. We want to work the back and that's it. So for most people, when it comes to back training, they really have to stop and focus on the form Reduce the weight almost in half. Um, Most of the time, everybody's using way too much weight because the form is bad. So drop your weight. And now's a good time to do that because if you've had time off, then you're getting back into it and you want to start a little bit lighter. So drop the weight, focus on the form, start learning how to feel your shoulder blades, initiate the movement. And you'll actually see a huge change in your body because it will boost your metabolism when you are really training your back because it is such a large body part and it's also going to help your posture. So it's kind of a win-win there. You get the metabolism boost, you get better posture. Of course, with better posture, you stand taller and you're going to look thinner. Now, the other body part that is often forgotten is the hamstrings. And, well, you may think, well, I do leg curls. Well, that might not be enough because, again, they are another large, complex muscle. And these muscles that are large and complex also associate with power, and hamstrings is definitely one of them, which also means it's better trained at those lower repetitions and higher weight. Think of it like a sprinter. That's kind of what back and hamstrings are very similar to in that they're explosive. So that means they're not gonna go do a marathon. They're gonna be doing as explosive as possible, but with control. So in both cases, yeah, you may have explosion on one side of the movement on the positive side, but on the negative, you want to keep it in control and extra slow. So hamstrings also warrant at least two exercises. And I would not count lunges and squats as a hamstring exercise. I would count that as an overall leg exercise um, or even maybe a quad exercise. But the, the hamstrings need some direct work stiff-legged deadlifts, one-legged deadlifts. Um, Regular deadlifts tend to do everything. So depending on how you do it, that's another story. And I'll tell you, I've noticed in my experience that the line leg curl is definitely not the same as a seated Leg curl. The lying leg curl is much more difficult. It requires a lot more concentration and therefore a lot more of your body to work overall. The seated leg curl, although it's definitely appropriate for some people who cannot do certain actions laying down, some of my very, very older clients um, in their 80s and 90s aren't always as agile to get in and out of that machine, so we'll use the um, seated leg curl, but if you have a choice, use one that is the laying down because the seated one I've also noticed that most people whether they're experienced or not they do not get that full push down I guess you call it of the um, actual curl they only do like a half range of motion they don't realize it because they think their legs are all the way down but they're not because remember when you're doing the lying leg curl the heels need to come up all the way to your butt almost like almost going to touch your butt And the same thing needs to be done in that seated leg curl, but most people don't get it back far enough. So, again, that's another reason why the one is probably a little bit better than the other. Of course, it definitely depends on what you're most comfortable with um, and what your gym has. And if you don't work out at a gym, then you don't have to worry about that. Um, Your choices are going to be with resistance bands and stability balls, and you're just also going to have to focus. And it's it's never going to be easy, but there's a lot of great exercises out there you can do. And sometimes it's just a matter of lowering the weight, slowing them down, and making sure you feel the right muscle that's supposed to be activated in what you're doing. So in case you missed it, I did post on the YouTube channel, Get Fit TV, um, a video on how to eliminate neck and shoulder pain. And this is the rotator cuff exercises. Very simple to do, but very important if you have any issues whatsoever with your shoulder or your neck. And I actually use them as a warm-up before I do my workouts to Make sure the muscles are kind of warm and activated. And it certainly helps me because I have uh, lots of issues with those. And it makes a big difference. And it's one of those things that I do notice if I skip a day, then they start to get kind of achy and tight. So it's definitely something you could do and should do every day. And then also another video on the best abdominal exercises for the stability ball and some do's and don'ts for stability ball abdominal training. And it was recently brought to my attention that the older episodes of the Fit Girl podcast aren't really coming up on some of the different um, media aspects. So I've bundled those and put them on a new site I know that I'm working on. And actually what I'm doing is not necessarily a new site. I'm actually just transferring pretty much everything over to one place. I've kind of always wanted to have everything consolidated. Uh, So that's what I've... Been working on, and it's over on teachable.com because I'm going to be doing more of the courses online so I just want to have everything in one spot so those I have bundled and I've put over there if you're on my email list um, when it's completely ready I will send out some emails and those are um, old episodes yes but the information is really quite valid still today Uh, I, I don't like to repeat myself a lot so I try to come up with different topics so there may even be topics in the old episodes that if you're new to this you, well, obviously you wouldn't have heard because if you can't access them through the podcatchers, then then you never got to hear them in the first place. So that's kind of sad. So hopefully you can get over and grab those. But again, um, if you're not already on my list, get on it because I've got some really cool things that I've been working on. And unfortunately, as always, things take twice as long as I ever anticipate and probably about five times as long as I want them to take. So that's why things are well taking forever as usual but i'm hopefully going to get everything out i mean how many times have you heard that right uh but eventually i will complete it all and i'm starting to be really good about catching myself having too much attention to detail and stopping and, and reminding myself that you know what i can go back and fix that later it's okay right now you know if i put it out right now you guys will understand um I get too hung up sometimes on the little details. So I guess if you want to call it a New Year's resolution, I've been working on this actually for the last year of, of trying not to be so picky. Um, and again, catching myself is half the battle. So I guess that would be a resolution, but it's just a habit now. It's, it's catching myself in these habits. So like everything else that we're trying to do um, in improving our, ourselves, whether it's our body, our brain, our habits, It's just awareness, and awareness, I always say, is half the battle. I've also been brainstorming some topics for future podcasts, and the next podcast is going to be a countdown of the top five mistakes people make when trying to get in shape. So until that one comes out next week, think about what you might consider the top five mistakes. And you can place a comment on you know this post or on the YouTube channel or wherever you want to um, as far as what you think they are. And then we'll see if we agree. If you visit fitgirlpodcast.com, you'll see some changes because I actually had two different websites for that. And, um, you know, one was a little more involved. So anyways, take a look at it, see what you think. Uh, You'll also see on there a post of how to get free stuff or free fit girl apparel. And it's still the same thing left over from November. I'm going to continue it all throughout this year, as far as um, the coupons towards percentages off or up to 100% off for reviews and things. And yes, I'm a little bit of bribery. But hey, you know what, I was kind of out of the loop for a long time. And um, I, I need to get back up there. You know, used to always be in the top 10 top 20 of the podcasts on iTunes. And since things kind of fell apart the last five, six years, um, and the podcast wasn't going, yeah, it's dropped down and they don't show as many as they used to. So i I'd really like more people to know that hey this is there and, and it's out there and hopefully you guys agree that it's good still and can give some new reviews and stuff and help other people out too. Anyway all the details are there on how to get the free stuff so go check it out. And for those of you that helped me test QuickFit Club which is just, was just about to launch and I had a lot of great stuff right before all this other stuff happened, I'm actually migrating all of that to the new Teachable site too. Um so if you got this form in the podcast and you're interested in looking at it, again, it's not completely finished, but if you want to give me some feedback, uh the URL is strongandpowerful.teachable.com. So there's a couple of things up there already. And also, again, get on one of my email lists because I'm gonna be needing some people to do some testing for it, uh, which you know for you basically means free stuff. Uh so Get on that list because when it's completely done and ready for testing, I'm going to send out an email to everyone that's on my various lists and see if anybody has time to actually do some troubleshooting or basically just take the course, you know, make sure I didn't screw something up or forget to edit something out. So yet another wonderful reason to get onto my email list, and I usually don't really send out that many emails, or just usually important things, you know, like notifications about the new podcast, or notifications about trying something for me, or whatever. So I'm not one of those people that's going to send you one every single day, sorry. I mean, unless you want me to, and then you can just send me a private email, kira at fitgirlpodcast.com, and then I'll email you back too, because who doesn't like to get mail, right? As always, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to giving you all the insights to help you reach all of your goals and to help you get your best body ever. If you'd like additional information on these topics and more articles on health, nutrition, and motivation, visit fitnessmakeover.com, allinoneworkout.com, or coachkira.com.